looking for the King of Podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. (laughs) Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Sail Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine 
year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So, if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have. SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com Hi, it's Ronka Shear, and I know all of you remember me from USA. Up! All night. Now, you're only cool if you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. I know I do. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. This next guest actually was Miss Louisiana back in 1975, but there's a lot more than looks for this lovely lady who is on the line now, as she also, from what I read, and we know everything on the internet is true, a bachelor's degree in communications from a school down in Louisiana there as well. This guest has had an extensive career in the entertainment industry and early on was connected to such an awesome person to have as a mentor in Joan Rivers, who, how can you not love Joan? Might not make it in today's environment, but Joan was a special lady. But anyway, this guest started learning from her when she was diving into comedy, but she is best known for hosting USA's Up All Night for over 450 episodes and over the years has parlayed her entertainment career by becoming a very successful mogul behind one of the most popular intimate apparel brands in women's clothing. This guest, Rhonda Shear. Rhonda, how are you doing? Oh, that's such a sweet introduction. Thank you so much. So sweet. Well, I guess I'll start here. How have you been spending COVID and stuff? I know you got your hands in several different pots. I do. What have you been doing? I have to stay busy or I'm I'm crazy um, or depressed, and I don't want to be either one of those. So um, I'm a very positive thinker. So, um, well, first of all, through COVID, you know, um, my brand, along with RondaShear.com and Zulily and and Amazon, we sell on HSN, which is Home Shopping Network. TSC, which is the Canadian shopping channel. So they're huge customers of ours. I mean, they really run the brand, at least HSN, in terms of the amount that they buy. So, um, you know, we're vendors, which means that they buy from us and then I go on air and I sell my product. And it takes about a year to develop products. So we have, you know, about 5,000 different items and SKUs uh, in our brand. So anyway, long story short, we, um, I go on HSN, but they shut down their studios back in March because of COVID. And um, guests then would have to Skype in. I was actually the first guest to do it. I love it. I mean, I love Skyping in from my house. And my husband has created basically uh, a television studio here. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like we have cameras, we have lighting. Um, we have a, we've, we've created a set within our house. And so I get to sell my products several hours a month on air. So that's one of the things I'm doing. And that, and I love doing that because I would be doing it at the studio, which is located here in Florida. I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, but it's cool to be able just to do it from your home. Um, 
then we also, uh, I decided to create a talk show and I first started just doing it just to speak to friends. It was kind of like a Facebook live thing. And then we found um, that we could create a website and we could air it on YouTube and on Facebook and on Twitter simultaneously through StreamYard, a streaming service we use. So um, I have two producers and um, the show's getting really sophisticated. So we had, you know, we do it every Saturday night at 9 p.m. It's called RondaShearSocialHour.com. I mean, Rhonda Share Social Hour. You can find it on RondaShareSocialHour.com. And um, we've done just tons of episodes now. And I've had Gilbert Gottfried on and just had Judy Tenuta and I've had the Scream Queens on and glorious, I mean, gorgeous ladies of wrestling and producers and directors and artists and perfumers and you name it. And um, I love doing it. I love it. I mean, it kind of goes back to my roots of interviewing people and hosting. And so been doing that. We're also going to reboot up all night our own way. We already, we already have six films um, that are not, you know, um, public domain that are actually real films that have been, you know, either distributed or they're friends of ours films that they're allowing us to borrow for our reboot of Up All Night or Up All Night, I should say. And um, so we're working on that. We have a lot of irons in the fire, as you said. And I actually have two reality shows being shopped around too. And I, I wasn't even looking for these things. I just think that people are kind of bored and they're looking for things too. So Hey, why not? It's time exactly. to be creative. Well, I'll start with the clothing line first and foremost. Now, I've heard in other places you say that the lingerie business has been your favorite part of your career. Why would you say that's been your favorite part? Well, I mean, I just think that I've loved, I've always loved designing. I didn't go to school for it, but, um, you know, even as a Miss Louisiana, I used to design my own costumes and evening gowns. And, and then when I got, when then when I hit LA, I used to love, you know, I love design. I, I should have majored in it, but I didn't. But, um, so I would just, you know, either shop for really interesting outfits and did my own wardrobe on Up All Night for all those years and did it on different shows for all the years. It was really funny. I was always lending out my clothing to other actresses uh, all through my years in L.A. Um, but when I hit Up All Night and they wanted me to keep people tuned into cheesy films, which are like really popular now, but um, they were popular then, but, you know, they still wanted that host to keep people uh tuned into basically the commercials as well so um i ended up deciding that if i spent a lot of time in intimate apparel that people would definitely be tuned in <laughs> so I, I i i wore a lot of cute bras and panties and slips and all kinds of cute things along with some really great outfits but and i changed about five times a show that was kind of my mantra was to shave shape uh, excuse me change wardrobe um, during the show to also keep um, viewers entertained. So that being said, after spending a lot of time in intimate apparel and bras and panties and cute little outfits, they weren't so comfortable. So years later, when I uh, reunited with my husband, who was my high school sweetheart. And Thank you, classmates.com. Yep, yep. I'll get into that a little bit. But when we, get, when we reunited, we decided... Um, we really didn't think it through. He was living in Louisiana and I was living in LA and um, we didn't really, you know, he had, he was in business and I was still acting, but not, I wasn't up all night anymore. So I, he said, what do you want to do? Is there anything you want to do? And I said, I love an intimate apparel business. So it kind of started from there and um, he's a businessman and with his help and his background is business and my design, we, we started and that's, it just kind of started slowly and just, took off from there yeah unfortunately my co-host is dealing with tech issues and hopefully we'll join in so she was actually going to ask some of the questions about the clothing oh, line talking panties and bras it's awesome yeah <laughs> but you know what i was going to say or ask anyway is obviously i'm not your customer base but <laughs> hey, well, and i'm not i'm not i'm not judging anybody it's 2020 you know it's Hey. hey, there's a lot of guys that buy for their their wives and partners and mothers and other or themselves well. and or themselves and we don't judge either. <laughs> yeah, but what would you, in terms of your apparel, what makes yours different than if one were to go to say buy a Victoria's Secret or the countless other brands that are out there? Well, we're very different from Victoria's Secret. Um, yeah. We cater to all shapes and sizes. So um, 
you know, the mantra, and I used to be a Victoria's Secret shopper in my youth, is pretty much as a, a younger model. Um, so we hit all ages, you know, just from young gals all the way to be 100 and love our products. So we're about comfort and value and, you know, longevity of products, sustainability, the things that we make or not, you know, as we like to say, one minute lingerie that men like and buy for Valentine's Day. So we do really beautiful things that women love and, you know, because everybody needs a good pair of underwear, even guys, yes. and bras if you're a woman. And um, so we do things that are, uh, you know, that fit literally from, we take people from all sizes, like from extra small to 5X, which is, you know, a full size range. And you can't find that in most department stores in most brands. So that's one thing that makes us unique. Plus um, our price point, plus, you know, that we just have this very wide range of intimate apparel and apparel. So it isn't just... Um, just the sassy, sexy things. I mean, you know, I think all stores have their place. They're not competitors. They're just, you know, we do shapewear too. We do loungewear. So um, just different. We're just different. You know, we're all different. There's a lot of stores out there. There's room for all of us, a lot of brands. But um, it's, I think, being a woman designing for women and getting that people are looking for comfort, for value, for quality, for something that lasts a long time, um, is what our line's about. Well, for those who want to look at the products, we'll mention it again, rondashear.com, that's for sure. And she has Thank the you. links and sizing charts and just all the information you would need. Uh, and great sales going on. Great sales. <laughs> yes. Well, for, like we said, rondashear.com, if they want to visit the site, see what kind of products you have to offer. There's sizing charts. There's everything you need to know in one spot to try to Thank find the you. best. Of hey, I'm trying, you know. Uh, no, you're doing great. We, yeah. um, we, we, I created a bra called the Abra many years ago. Yes. And um, it's a, a very famous bra that sold over 35 million worldwide. Yeah. And change rooms again because my husband's on the phone, so I have to kind of move around a little bit. <laughs> um, but um, going outside now. Oh, it's chilly outside here in Florida today. It's kind of nice. Um, what was I saying? I just you, you, you were talking about the opera. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Avras. So we sold 35 million in 34 countries, and that was back in 2012, and that led our company to massive awards i mean we won major awards in the world of um, design and creativity and ernst and young and fastest growing female-owned company and you know it was just amazing and i had been, you know i come from the world of acting and comedy so it was very unique then to move into uh being an entrepreneur and being honored for being an entrepreneur and so i've helped a lot of uh up-and-coming entrepreneurs of all ages that have different products, not necessarily intimate apparel, but just whatever their products may be, get their products to market because we had to learn on our own. Because my husband came from the software industry, and even though it was his company, it was still a different model, although mm -hmm. business is business. And um, it's been interesting. I have a book, too, and it's called, um, it's called Up All Night, but it's from lingerie mogul to, uh, excuse me, from lingerie... I forget the whole name of it. It's a long name, it's a long, yes. but basically it's called Up All Night, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. So pick it up. You can pick it up on rondashear.com or on Amazon. If you get it through rondashear.com, it comes signed. And what's great about the book is it really takes you through not only my career and Hollywood and some really great stories, but it also takes you through what it takes to be an entrepreneur. It gives tips for anybody trying to go into business or wanting to go into business. Well, that's for sure. I know I'll be picking up a copy. Uh, I'm sure it's. Oh, we'll point. get you out one. We will get you out a book for sure. Okay. Well, we we will uh, take care of that off air. But before we get into the entertainment side of things, gotta ask because said it in the introduction there. How it, now? Because like I said, everything on the online is true. But <laughs> what I had read is you met Joan Miss Rivers at a doctor's office. But how did oh you God. get that? That's what it said. It's amazing. But it's, how did true. you actually? It is true, then. Uh huh. That is true. The very first time I met her. So. I did. I went to, I was getting um, a nose job. 
<laughs> or at least I was getting consult consultation for getting my nose fixed because I was told by casting directors that my nose was lovely, but to be even better for, uh, you know, for certain roles to be a leading woman, I would have to have a little bit, a little bit taken off the top. So I was having consultation and uh, Joan Rivers was in the same office, which immediately was sitting there in the waiting room with her dog in her lap in the doctor's office. And I, and I of course had to say something to her because she was my idol. And um, she was, uh, she was very funny. And she goes, you're beautiful, darling. You need nothing. She goes, and turn to the side. And I turn to the side. She goes, yeah, maybe just a little bit off the top and believe it'd be more beautiful. She was so cute. And um, that's not where I, you know, that is where I met her. But it was years later when I was uh, put on her show by um, a producer friend. And he was producing one of, he was very young, but he was one of the co-producers on, on, on her talk show, one of her talk shows. And then that's when, you know, we became a little bit friendlier and she would use me over and over on her, her talk show and her radio shows. So she was very, very giving. Yeah, she, and you're not the only person to uh, say this. I know I'm a big uh, Howard Stern fan and she was a frequent guest of Howard's. Yes, and, yes. You know, just but he many respected uh, her, which is oh, great absolutely. But not not just him, but there's been countless people when you talk stand up comedy, but just entertainment in business. Mm -hmm. The or excuse me, talk the entertainment business in general. Mm -hmm. Or Jones' name always comes up as a top. I guess you could say Mount Rushmore of people. <laughs> When you talk about the just because of what she did, how funny she was. No, but she, she was, was very also giving. she was very giving to other um, performers. She she would give advice. She would give tips. She also I've talked to other comics that would tell me that they would she would actually go over their sets for like the Tonight Show and help them, you know, jazz it up or, or fix it or really hone it. And um, people don't do that. She was one of a kind. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I don't know Melissa well. I know her, like I could email her, you know, or text her, but um, she, she's a lovely woman too. So she did really well. And she should have been, Johnny Carson should have given the throne to her as a Tonight Show, but they know they had a falling out. And I think he was a bit jealous of her ratings because when she would fill in back there in the 80s, 80s for him, yeah, I don't think he liked it. She, I mean, I, I love when she filled in. I loved her. I didn't love her over him, but I just thought she had a unique style and would have done very well in the night, you know, still to this day, there has been no one, no female that's held, that's done that, who's reigned in the evening. Yeah, but like you were saying there, you know, she wasn't, and I was going to mention, she wasn't afraid to reach her hand up and help pull others up to try to. No, I love doing that too. I think when you do that, it only helps yourself. And I think it just. I think you learn by younger people. I think you learn by helping people. And I, it, there's nothing better than, I mean, I've helped a gazillion people and I don't get anything in return for it. I don't want anything in return. It just, sometimes I see people and I go, wow, if, if this person and that person got together, they could make some magic. So I don't know. I just kind of have that in me too, that, that generosity. I don't know why I have it. I do. No, I, I love helping young. I, I mean, when I go back and look at my Up All Night series, and I see the comics that were on there and the talent that was on there. I mean, it, it allowed a lot of people just to have, um, hey, you want to take this box too? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it allowed a lot of people to, um, you know, to get started, to get footage and to get some of their, their first videotapes. Exactly. That they could use for, you know, so, I, so it's, a, it, it's a great feel-good moment to help talent. And sometimes people just can't get a break. So if you can be the one to do it. And she was like that. So Joan was very giving and she left us far too soon. And I think she would have done very well in this era, even though it is so politically correct. I think she would have managed to find a way. You and know, I think it would have been great because we need, we need more people that like Joan wouldn't have, would have said, Hey, I'm saying it like it is and I don't care. Mm -hmm. And we need that. <laughs> you know, it's folks like the humor. I'm only 36, but I think when, and you bring up a good thing as far as the time we're currently in. I'd always be curious. And I obviously I'll never get the we won't get the answer, but it'd be interesting to see what would Joan be saying? What would Carlin be saying? Richard Pryor. <laughs> just of those unique top top, you know, that level of comedy. What would these folks be saying? 
Yeah, they wouldn't have sat down. They wouldn't have taken it very well. They wouldn't have. Um, the problem is, is that, oh, I'm sorry. There's so much to start. Hey, hey, sorry. You can cut this out or you can leave it in. Anyway, um, I think she would have like done her own thing and I think Carlin would have, but you know, the, the problem is, and I've spoken at universities. I mean, I haven't been doing stand up in the last few years, but I've spoken at a lot of universities and the kids, I think it's because they are on their phones and I, Hey, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, but of course I didn't come from that. But I think that they only know how to communicate through phones and iPads and computers now that they don't know what's funny anymore. So like, I mean, I was speaking at school and I was, you know, putting in, inserting a lot of humor into my speech. And I look at these kind of dead faces out there. I mean, maybe one or two people were smiling. And I mean, I knew I was saying funny stuff. And, and I'm like, I actually said, hey, that was funny what I just said. You can laugh. Once I told them it was okay to laugh, they did. Well, it's almost like it's either like they're afraid to laugh or they don't know what's funny anymore or both. Exactly. But and, you know, and just the old school body of me would be curious yeah, to know what. It's, like, it's really sad. Uh, maybe after this COVID thing, this is my opinion, and I've had this discussion with other people and other writers and performers, that I don't know if there'll be a big return to movie theaters because we're kind of used to being home and being able to stream whatever we want. Um, but I think that a lot of theaters will turn into small entertainment venues and, and live venues. I think that is the one thing we can't get at home is we can't have the experience of live entertainment. So I think that you'll be seeing more bands and more music and maybe smaller stand-up and improvisational. I think there's going to be a plays. I think there's going to be a yearning for live performance after we're able to come out of the darkness. <laughs> um, and I think, I think there'll be a switch in, in this and maybe, maybe there'll be a throwback um, to being able to say what you want. I hope so. Yeah. I don't get the whole politically correct thing. I don't. I Me mean, neither. It's actually become kind of political, like if you're on the left or the right. And I don't get that either. I mean, I'm sorry. Just I, I, I missed something. and <laughs> Somehow I've missed something. Like, why did we have to become, you know, why can't we kid about ourselves? We've all, you know, making fun of yourself is the, that's what I did on stage. I would, I would do a little bit making fun of myself, a little, little put down. And then that makes the audience go, oh, okay. You know, they're thinking what you're thinking. So I, I feel like if you suppress speech or you, you suppress humor, you've got a lot of frustrated people and then people become angry and then you lose humor. And once you lose humor, I don't know. Humor to me is the, is the basis of everything. You need to be able, you need levity even in times of darkness like this. Yeah. Okay, terrific. Take two, folks, which is, you know, <laughs> we, we drop a uh, Zoom call and two and a half yes. months later, here we are. <laughs> oh, my life is so crazy. It seemed like last week. So it's all good. Yeah, it's a, this new technology called the internet, folks. Take it for what it is worth. So, uh, let's pick up here if we can. Okay. And up all night, the TV show. Yes. So how did you get involved and what was that process like uh, to start with? Well, I, I had been acting for quite oh, a lot of years, um, a lot of years, because that was in 1991 that I was uh, cast in that. So, you know, I moved out to LA in, in, in 78. So um, late 78. So a lot of years I had under my belt and a lot of television and I had fallen in love with stand-up comedy and comedy. And I kept getting told over and over that I was too sexy to be funny or too pretty to be funny or too attractive. And I was like, Oh, I'm so over this. So I kept, you know, kept trying to change and go against type and, and play, you know, really downplay whatever people thought they were seeing in me and, um, tone it down. And then finally, uh, my agent, you know, uh, said there's, they're replacing a gal that's been on this show. It's a movie, a hosted movie thing. You know, you host movies, B films. It's a good gig. It's with the USA network. It's a new, pretty new basic cable network. And they're looking for a lot of sex appeal. Um, they don't think the girl that's there has a, like what they want anyway. I thought that she was very pretty, the gal before me, but anyway, that, that wasn't for me to say, you know, that's what they were looking for somebody new. And, um, so I was, you know, I set up to meet the producers and met them and, um, all these other women basically came into the interview dressed like a host, like back then a newscaster host would be like 
more suited. That was more of the look. So I went against type. I went in and I, I or against, you know, I, I knew that they wanted sexy. I kind of had an inside, you know, my, my agent found a little bit more inside information. So I wore like a really low cut dress. I went for it. I went opposite of what I'd been trying to do. I'd always been trying to play the girl next door, which never worked for me. And I just, you know, put on brought a blow dryer with me and, and pretended like I was blow drying my hair. Or maybe I turned it on. I can't remember if I did or not. I just know I had a blow dryer with me and I just went for it. And, you know, about a month later, it took about a month. I didn't hear right away. Uh, they called and told me that it's yours. And uh, it was very exciting. You know, it was, uh, you know, every year I had to sign a new contract, but it was, an, you know, I ended up on there eight years or just about eight years. So well, very cool. I want to bring up some of the acting stuff uh, in a minute, but with this show what were some of the funniest moments that you had hosting but also what do you think were some of the worst movies you possibly showed <laughs> oh god i don't know can you really pick out uh i bad uh, the worst of the worst i mean some of the people you know people love those films they've become like iconic through the years um but you know funniest moments i mean i we we i did 450 shows we never were down we we worked every week so the show was never you know we didn't have seasons basically so funny funny stuff i mean one time my top fell off you know or, or went down you know i had like a little uh wardrobe malfunction um different different things for the years i mean i interviewed Everyone. I mean, from Barbara Walters to Max, Sir Max von Sydo, uh to um, Stevie Nicks, you know, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, movie stars. I mean, just, you know, Alan Alda. I mean, it, the list went on and on of the type of people that I interviewed, along with just we also did acting bits. And in my last year, we we did a lot of um, tributes to like I Love Lucy. We called it I Love Rhonda. But you know, we, we did the honeymooners and bewitched and all the sh shows that I grew up with. So, so I actually got the show had different, almost a different producer every year. And I've, I've remained friendly with most of those producers and each one had their own take on how they saw me. Although I tried to maintain the character that they just, I mean, rather USA hired me for. And, um, you know, which was that common thread, but you know, the early years were very sexy and in lingerie and in a bedroom setting and out on the town in LA, kind of a combination. And through the years, it, it, it just, it subtly changed. My new, including the last three years that were done in, in New York. And so those became a little edgier, uh, a little hipper, but still um, a little less of the, of the bimbo high-pitched character, but still very Bond-esque. Um, in terms of the, the worst films, I, you know, I, I can't, even, they were all so bad. I mean, there were some really bad ones. That I can't even remember the titles of they. They were just total clunkers. But you know, then I get all these fans that say, "I loved all those films." You know, Attack of the Killer Bimbos, <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I don't know. There's like crazy. I can't even remember. You know, Bikini Car Wash. Um, but you know, we we're trying to reboot it on our own. So uh, we already have rights to about six films that were part of the up all night library don't ask me the names right now because i'd have to ask my new producer who's gathering those through producer friends like richard gabai and other people like that that are allowing us to to use their and you know to stream these films that were iconic back in the day yeah and uh speaking of having fun with some of the things you did on the show you actually had on a few times a friend of us or a friend of the show yeah. Our show is uh, Linnea Quigley, oh, who is yes. just super awesome, and it's awesome what she does with the animals and everything. Oh, she's just she's been a friend for years. She was definitely one of my you know regulars, and she did the show quite frequently, especially well in our in our LA year. She was on all the time, and the fans love her. They still love her. I've put her on my own little web show that I do on Saturday night. So. Yeah, I love her. She's awesome. I mean, from the animals to just her heart and the fact that she forever remains youthful and is able to still, you know, you know, she really she moved to Florida for quite a few years, but she's back in L.A. in her element and filming and doing, you know, shoots again. So that makes me really happy for her. Yeah, had a chance to talk to her again last uh, Saturday night because we yeah. were doing well, a uh, virtual fundraiser and she jumped on and. No, she's just one she's just one of the best she truly is i mean she's never 
been big headed or she's never let any of it go to her head yet. She has a huge fan base. I'm hoping to be participating, you know, once we get past COVID or we all get vaccinated in some of the um, conventions that I, that I hadn't done, but I, the comic cons have, have been, have just done so well. And um, I think that's just something I would like to do more in the future myself, including like one called wizard world. Uh, I'm sure you may be familiar with it, but wizard world, I spoke to the people that, that run that and they were like, I would really like to have you part of our family. So I think that those things just get bigger and bigger through the years. Yeah, exactly. And be a great way to hawk your book. And I mean that with all respect, which is awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. Well, I have a lot of other products too. You know, yes, not only besides my own, the, yeah, the not lingerie. Intimate apparel, but because if we, if we do what we're doing with Up All Night and that we get that back up, we'll be having oh, just a lot more fan paraphernalia and, and you know, T-shirts and, you know, just really good stuff. So we're already looking into that. But besides, I've been dabbling with a cooking show and um, we're already producing some, you know, cookware and spoons and, and bowls and things like that. So there'll be a lot. And, and actually, the Wizard World people talk to me about selling because a good friend of mine is um, Kato Kalen. And Cato is the host of Wizard World. Yeah. And they love him. And he's, he's he, if anybody can hawk, it's Cato. And he sells <laughs> a lot of product for them just in general, of Wizard World's, you know, product. So, you know, I said, hey, Cato, Cato and I, we have a line. We actually have a line with Cato that it's kind of been dormant, but we're going we're gonna to reboot that. And it's called Slackerware and it's men's loungewear. So a nice. lot of things that we have on the back burner right now that um, that could, you know, it's really COVID holding us back. Once we, uh, we, you know, feel a little bit safe, we'll be able to really hit the ground running. We're, we're definitely geared up for all this stuff right now. So it's definitely. exciting times. You beat me to the punch with that uh, hitting the ground running. But yeah. uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up was WrestleMania 10 in New York yes. City. Yes. Many fans, rem- wrestling fans and fans in general remember that. Was that? Were you approached by the company or USA to be a part of that? Well, both. Um, I had done a lot because it was WWE then. Or is that what it was? Or is it yeah. WWE now? Whatever it was then. Um, so, well, wrestling, whatever it was. Anyway, it was USA Network who they were in partnership with. So they aired all their, everything. So even their their lesser fights, you know, not not the big annual one. So I covered a lot of those um, for my show for Up All Night. And I had a lot of the wrestlers on. So there was a lot of um, cross promotion as well. And um, so that so anyway, when WrestleMania 10 came about, uh, it was really a combination of WrestleMania because they got to know me. So the people, you know, the I don't I don't remember names now, but the people involved with WrestleMania just thought I would be a good fit. And it, again, would be a cross promotion with USA and WrestleMania. So it was really cool. The money was good. <laughs> I got to work with Burt Reynolds and a few other people. And to this day, it's one of the most requested autographs I get. That and the one line that I had in um, Mel Brooks's Spaceballs. You know, Thank I have you. one line and, and people like go crazy over that. So it's, well, it's kind of it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, and you've hinted at it at the early part of this that we got taped and just within the past few minutes, the acting, uh, obviously Spaceballs, one of my favorite films of all time. I love anything of Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes. But, uh, well, he speaking cast, of it, he yeah. cast every part in that film. Well, I mean, I can only speak for Spaceballs was the only thing I ever went out for that was a Mel Brooks production, but, um, he used a lot of comics and stand-ups in that particular film. And I actually got a lot of, I don't know how I got in, but, I think I knew the casting director, not that that helped or anything, but he said, asked, called and asked me if I knew stand-ups for different parts. And I gave him a lot of names. So I got a lot of people in the, the door and a few people cast. But um, for myself, I had read for the waitress part and he liked me. And uh, Mel, Mel, Mel actually let, he, if he doesn't let a casting director at the, at the time, you had to read for Mel Brooks. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. You know, you weren't just reading for some person that passed it on to the producers. And so he cast even the smallest, every line, every line in there, Mel Brooks, is, it was his okay. So um, I read for the waitress at the time I was a brunette with my natural hair color and he wanted a blonde. And I'm like, well, I can easily wear a wig. And he's like, no, 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 just, I really like you. I'm going to find something for you. Just 
show up. They'll call you on your day. You, you just come in and I'll find something for you. And so basically it was a throwaway line at the diner and, um, it was one line and, and I'm, t- and I was there all day in that the dining scene. And it was very cool to work with or near John Candy. Anyway, I didn't have direct lines with him, obviously, but, um, very, very cool. And still very remembered by fans. Yeah. People memorize every line in the film. So they like know, or they feel like they know it intimately. Are we talking now, now, or then now? <laughs> and, and, and now, now, and then now, but actually now, now more than then now, because I think more people of all ages have an appreciation for that. I mean, it became a cult thing, you know, famous film. I mean, I literally have friends that know every line in it, which is just, crazy to me but i know people <laughs> that's yeah. what it's all about well and you know what you probably notice is just as much as i do well first off i'm sure it helped that your good friend we talked about previously miss joan rivers was yes. a part of the project yes but yes also, and that was before i knew her i mean i I, okay. I i i didn't get to work with her because those scenes were all differently and i was only one day on the on the set it was you know, it was the completely the diner scene scene, but um, that was before I knew her. And I actually, I actually met Joan Rivers in a cosmetic surgeon's office. That's what we talked well, about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that I was my first meeting. So that was pre cosmetic surgery, <laughs> but um, anyway, it was cool that she was in it. And then I got to know her and then obviously through the years, better and better. So um, I just love her. Yeah. But what I was going to say there as well is, that it's also, and you probably would agree with me, that any of Mel's projects that are well-known, Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles, and you know, you go through the list, with today's culture and society, sure as hell probably couldn't make them. Oh, you couldn't make them. Oh, no, the, the politically correct stuff you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you couldn't, you couldn't touch any of it, those lines... Blazing sat no, sadly, sadly, because I mean, there's no one more liberal, there's no one more, you know, progressive than Mel Brooks, and yet everyone, to my chagrin, has just taken everything a little bit too seriously. Because that doesn't mean that you are not open and love all people. And ooh, one of my dogs is out. Wait, <laughs> hold on, one of my dogs is out, and she shouldn't be out. Okay, let me get this little one. Okay, sorry, I'm here. I just oh, saw good. this little thing go by my window and like she was looking for me and I'm looking for her. I'm like, she's too small to be out. Uh, sounds like okay. my nephew who's like year and a half and he gives you the innocent look, but he's doing uh-huh. something he knows he's not supposed to be doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, this one's so small that, you know, we live on the water and literally a hawk could take her away and that terrifies me. So anyway, she's in. All's good. <laughs> All is good. But- All is well. I was also asked a fan question, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, yes. on a few things that you worked together. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you guys get along pretty good? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was always sarcastic. He treated me like a, a sister, you know. We had that kind of sister-brother relationship, and he was incredibly cheap. So he's like, back in the day, you know, it was before cell phones when we first started. Or maybe there were cell phones, but no one had them. But you use pay phones. And I remember Gilbert would go, yeah, you have a quarter? I need to make a phone call. I'm like, Gilbert, you're really rich. <laughs> I'm struggling here. You're in films. But um, he was just so funny. And I never thought he'd marry because I always heard he lived with his mom. And then he married the most the loveliest woman who I, you know, we're Facebook friends. And we've talked on the phone and, you know, through the years. And um, he's they're actually living in Florida at the moment. I mean, through the pandemic. But yeah, he's a great guy. He's just, he's very different. You know, he's very quiet off, you know, stage, but, um, but I mean, one of the bluest, dirtiest comics, but what a brain. I mean, his brain is amazing. You know, so I, if you go find it, there's definitely a podcast. I did one of his first podcasts. I know his podcast is extremely uh, popular and I was on one of his early ones and it is dirty. It Uh, is dirty. So you got to go find the Rhonda Shear and, and Gilbert Gottfried podcast. It's funny. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's one of those guys with the whole PC thing we were just talking about has affected. You, you think so? Because I mean, I, well, let's see, I saw him perform live. A, it's probably been about three years ago here in town and he was the same, but I, I can't imagine. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of, yeah, I guess some of his material I'd have to be careful with, but 
Yeah. I don't know how to do stand-up comedy anymore. I mean, I, w- I would have trouble with it. Although my act was pretty much based on relationships. But it would still be things that today if I, if I just, re- you know, found my act somewhere and, and, and looked at it, there'd be things I couldn't say for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just like people got to realize jokes are jokes are jokes. <laughs> I right. guess the best way to put it. Exactly. That's, that's what they are. And I think that the world needs to lighten up a little bit. I think we've all taken ourselves too seriously. And I think that's why this country is actually so divided. Because if you can't laugh together, then you can't talk, you know. So, uh, I mean, it's just too, you know, and you start taking words out of our vocabulary. I mean, legitimate words, not slang, but legit words and saying you can't use them. Like yeah. he, she, I, I mean, I'm, you know, maybe it's my age showing here, but I just, I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around that. That and the other thing I would uh, think is t- too, and I could be wrong sometimes. Yes, there's right and wrong and all that, but context of what is right. being discussed. Exactly. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, the whole thing that's so great about comedy is that a comic usually is speaking not just the truth, but it's also what everybody's thinking in their deepest, darkest part of their mind. But, you know, they don't have the humor to say it, but it's what they're thinking. And that's why everybody relates to it. But when you start to suppress that kind of even humor or deep thoughts, then I think it's just very, it's like telling a kid, you know, you, you can never, ever drink ever, you know, and they think, don't you ever take a drink? Well, you know, the kid's going to go out with his friends and take a drink and then mm-hmm. maybe do more because it's forbidden. So to me, anything that's completely forbidden will backfire eventually. Exactly. So it's like a, it's like a volcano ready to explode. And I think, you know, I, I've, I've had friends that tell me, oh, my parents let me drink at the table with them. But so they never, they never cared that much for alcohol or never, or they were never addicted or anything because it was never taboo to them. Exactly. But would you say, and we've talked about this previously as well, Every can everybody find you at the uh, social distancing social hour website? Yes. Yes. I, you know, I took a few weeks off during um, the holidays. I mean, we, 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 we were off live, but I go back tomorrow live. <laughs> but, um, and I'll be, I have Judy Tenuta as my guest tomorrow and I'll be doing some cooking and interviewing and just, I like I'm mixing up the show more on the social hour. I, I think it's more fun to not to just do interviews and straight interviews, but also just, you know, whatever I'm in the mood for. So tomorrow I'm going to be doing a Super Bowl snack and, uh, you know, and cooking and, and chatting. So I think it's just fun. So yes, that's every Saturday night. Uh, we moved to 9 p.m., but we'll be moving back to 8 p.m. pretty soon. Well, people can check that out, rondashearssocialhour.com. Mm-hmm. And exactly. What, exactly. What would be the link for if they are interested in buying the other products, whether it be your book and or the lingerie? Oh, you can just go to rondashear.com. It's really easy. And, you know, that'll, you know, tell our story and link you to even cool things like masks and book and, of course, intimate apparel and loungewear. Great sales. We're always running fabulous sales. And, um, you know, and then and then Rondashear Social Hour, too, will also link you back to rondashear.com. And you can you can see our past episodes on rondashearsocialhour.com or you can watch us on Facebook, you can watch us on Twitter live. Um, you can watch us on rondashearsocialhour.com. So having a blast doing that. And I'm looking forward to it. It's almost, I feel like, like we took a hiatus and now we're going back into season. Well, there's many, many things that happen over at Sheer Enterprises. That is for <laughs> sure. You. Yes. So. There's, we have so many things on the burner right now, even, you know, working on products for other people. So maybe they can get them to market. We've got a pillow right now that we're working um, with, with a, a comic. I'm, I can't, I won't mention his name, but he's a well-known comic. We had a, a sitcom for many years. We're working on um, a machine for the abs with a friend of mine who's a stand-up comic, but he invented, he's a workout freak. So he invented a really cool, easy ab, uh, I'm calling it a machine, uh, equipment. I'll call it equipment to tighten up your abs at home. And um, so, you know, along with producing products for ourselves, sometimes when we feel like it's the right product we help other people to get to market so a lot of fun right now well make sure everybody gets to check out the sites and thank you the video feeds both live and taped and just go check yes. out. thank you and um and hopefully you'll see me at one at more comic cons this 
this, you know, coming year, well, I'm saying when we get past this, as I call it, the plague, and uh, <laughs> I definitely want to be part of that world. So uh, I think it's it's just ripe for where I am even at this point. And I just signed with a new agency in L.A., a new theatrical commercial agent. So um, I love them. They're really cool. They look for parts for all ages, for all types. And um, I had to audition for them. And so I was auditioning for a role. It was very cool. And and a friend of mine said, really, do you want to do that at this point? You've been around so long. I'm like, no, I think that's really good. They need to know if I'm capable of, of doing a cold reading. That, that's what happens when you when you read for parts. And um, anyway, so anyway, I have a new agent. So hopefully you'll be seeing me in some TV and film upcoming. And like you said, with the Wizard Worlds and the different conventions and stuff like that, I do think the fans will actually go ape shit to see you out on that circuit because you haven't been out there. Now, I know, I know. And it's time. It's actually more time than ever. And I think it's just, I think it'll be just perfect for all the things that I'm doing in, in, in our, in my personal life and our business life too. I think they're going to eat it up along with the rebooting of a lot of things that you know I'm working with. And the, the cool thing is that just like, you know, with zoom, you can really stream and do your own thing. And then maybe a network will pick it up. Maybe not. And even if they don't, you don't, you can just do it on your own. I mean, I do have my own Roku channel. It's not up to date at the moment, but we will be revving that back up and putting on everything that we're talking about. So I think there's there's lots to look forward to in, in 2021 and, and onward. Upward and onward, that's for sure. <laughs> thank uh, you. Rhonda, thank you so much. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Linnea Quigley. I'm a scream queen. And I'm on Crazy Train Radio. Listen if you dare.